Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to episode 188 of Slam Fire Radio for January 6th, 2017. I'm one of your hosts, Adriel Michaud. And I'm one of your other hosts, Kelly Lynn. Hello. And uh, Matthew, <laughs> Trevor, Matthew, Bueller, hello. Hmm. Crickets. It would appear that they're uh, out on assignment. Uh, uh, wh- where did they say they were going this time? I have no idea. And honestly, hmm. I have no idea where they are. Huh. I thought it was for the uh, the Pokemon Go uh, conference that was happening in oh, Halifax. Oh, you know what? I think you're right. Mm. They're they're probably out on the street. There's a new one out. <laughs> Serious. It's like it's pink and everything. It's right up Trevor's alley. Yeah, and you know, on the way, there's a there's a Tapco uh, stock sale, and you know, they'll be all up in there. They'll be in there for hours, just comparing different colors and camo patterns and that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, enough of what they're up to. Uh, Kelly, what did you get up to in uh, Guns this week? I pulled a Matthew. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually do anything. Uh, between work, I'm, I've am i got some deadlines at work that I have. And that's the reason why I wasn't on last week, too. Mm. Um, I have some deadlines at work I have to do. And I'm also planning uh, next week we're going to Waco. So uh, I stayed up uh, quite late last night putting together an itinerary. And everything. Yes. You're one of those I, travelers. I I did an itinerary. I I broke down each individual day what we needed, sent out reminders. Yeah. Anyways, I'm one of those travelers. <laughs> everything planned ahead. Do you got any cool uh, shooting activities you've got planned? Um, I don't know what's happening. Uh, Tim said that uh, we're not be- going to be taking down any firearms. Uh, uh, there is a. Some, there's some gray areas around that because of the fact that it's not an actual shooting competition or event. It's a training mm-hmm. training camp. Anyways, so we did not get any invites. I don't want to cro- go across the border without an invite uh, mm-hmm. for that. Uh, but we'll go down and we'll hang out with Tim. We're going to hang out in uh, San Antonio for a while as well with Tim and his wife. Uh, and uh, Tim said, yeah, don't worry about anything. I'll take care of you. So I don't know what that means, though. I'm afraid. Cool. It's Tim. So I'm yeah. afraid. Hi, Tim. Oh, maybe, he's, maybe he's got some buddies with some pistols that will just lend him out and that kind of thing. Well, everything's bigger in Texas. I'm assuming that it'll be pistols. It'll be, I don't know, 50 cal. You get you uh, get one of those with your uh, rental at Enterprise these days, right? In Texas? It's absolutely true. Kevin's already been down to Texas before, and he, he had to go to the hospital, and there's a big sign, please check all your firearms at the the service desk anyways so. <laughs> cool so yeah what about you what did you do this week uh well we've been uh we've been away right so uh over christmas uh i shot some tannerite that's fun uh, mm. went with my brother and shot some of that and my x-metal bullets arrived so they they had this uh boxing day boxing week sale where they did free shipping so i'm like you know what what would cost a fortune in shipping and i, I would buy it locally if 
if it weren't for the shipping, <laughs> uh-huh. is a bunch of bullets. So I bought a uh, hundred pounds of bullets, five thousand nine oh millimeter, one twenty four grain bullets. <laughs> Did you have them delivered to the door? Oh yeah, absolutely. Did your mailman hate you? I don't know. My wife signed for him. <laughs> I would send them to my work, but they know, like, when I get really heavy packages that are small, it's ammo. So <laughs> I didn't want to, I don't want them knowing about my addiction and, uh, and just how much ammo I buy. <laughs> Start asking questions. So what was that? That was 5,000 uh, uh, nine millimeter bullets. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a Did lot? Both- <laughs> no. Uh, well, let's think about it. How long was that going to last year? Oh, 5,000. Well, that'll last me. That'll probably last me a couple of years, uh, really? unless unless I get like really heavy into Ipsic this year. Uh, I have like I didn't do Ipsic at all yeah last year, other than that black badge. If there's if there's some matches that are nearby, I'll go I'll go and shoot them. But our three gun, uh, what would be typical round count be a nine millimeter, like fifty, a hundred, something like that. So five thousand yeah. is going to go like quite a quite a ways on there, right? I might go through like a thousand rounds for the for the year doing that. Uh, maybe with more with Ipsic and then, you know, I reload with a couple of buddies of mine too. So we all just yeah. kind of hammer away at it. You know, if, if you haven't uh, done it before, one guy runs a press and is like absolutely watching for uh, accuracy and that kind of thing. You got someone else uh, loading up primers. You've got someone else, uh, um, you know, getting uh, uh, brass prepped or whatnot. But as long as, as long as everyone has different jobs and there's no like distractions, you can usually you know, pump through quite a bit of ammo and uh, yeah. uh, and have a good time doing it, right? Yeah, you want the detail guy on the uh, the powder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, if you're running up, like we're running a progressive for our nine millimeter, but you you want yeah. the the detail guy looking into the case and making sure that every case has powder and uh, and then and at the, the QC. Yeah, and the QC afterwards, you want to make sure that all your primers are, you know, going the right way. There's no, like, backwards ones or sideways ones or whatever, right? Because yeah. those don't work very good in a pistol. And, Did uh, you have a look at the bullets? Yeah, yeah, I've got how some on my desk right now. How'd they look? They're purple. They're, they're purple? All like, yeah, they're purple. It's almost like they were spray-painted, but it's not paint. It's that plastic stuff that, uh, that they coat them with. And uh, like Trevor was saying, they're really slippery. And I can't wait to shoot some of these because, I mean, like they're the the price was right, and uh, if they uh, if they work, should be good. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Right. No, I'm, I'm more I'm I'm like really really picky for my for my rifles for my pistol. I know that it's ninety five percent me and five percent the pistol. Maybe maybe even more the uh, uh, me and less the pistol. Uh, I'm not at a point yet where I'm exploiting, you know, accuracy differences between different pistols. I'm at a point where the ergonomics matter and uh, and my practice, my trigger pull is uh, is what's causing that pistol to be accurate or not. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, even, well, Trevor and Matthew said that I think you underestimate yourself. I think, <laughs> I think you're better than you are. Uh, I don't know. We'll see this year because I, I I did a lot more pistol shooting last year, and yeah. uh, we'll see if it's my my weak spot in my in my game this year. Uh, let's see what else I do. Uh, I did a reference check for someone for their R pal. That's kind of cool. Another one into the fold. Yay! <laughs> yeah, that's actually that's actually uh, like it's been a while since I've done one of those, but uh, very uh, very straightforward. Basically, they're just, they're just doing their due diligence and and, and checking up on people, but. Uh, very quick on that. Did you uh, call or did they call you? Uh, th- 
neither. They oh, they sent me a letter saying, hey, uh, you got to do this advanced screening thing. So I called them. Uh, I wanted to make oh, okay. sure it was – I was doing my due diligence as uh, as the reference and, and calling up and making sure that that reference check went through quickly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I, I got a, a Kaboomed Sub-2000, a Keltec Sub-2000. So this is uh, this is their 9mm pistol carbine. Uh, it's got a lot of plastic on it. Uh-huh. It folds in the middle. And uh, it's got a plastic receiver. And a plastic receiver does not do well with an out-of-battery uh, detonation. So um, the guy who had been shooting this gun, uh, he must have... Uh, I've, I've got the, the head stamp for the bullet that... Or the, the round that... Uh, went off. It's actually got two primer indentations on the back, which is kind of odd. Weird. Maybe one didn't quite go off because it wasn't quite in there to get the hammer on it, and then he tried it again. Uh, and uh, it's it's got a, a case head stamp of CBC, which it's kind of <laughs> yeah already already built for failure. <laughs> uh, I actually looked this up. I, I think Sorry. it's I think it's Brazilian. I think it's a Brazilian ammo manufacturer. And maybe the bullet was out of round, and it didn't quite go into the uh, chamber all the way. The gu- like, no guns should be able to shoot out of battery. Uh, but I was looking up online, and I guess some people have had issues with these Keltec th- uh, sub two thousands firing out of battery. And when that happens, the the receiver takes the brunt because you've got like a little gap on that case where uh, uh-huh. just but just a little bit forward of the case head and a little bit back of the the. Um, case mouth i guess where it's uh unsupported that's where all your pressure goes and that's right into that plastic and and all that area in there so uh that part's all toast that said that plastic stuff that that receiver there with the grip and the uh the the receiver bit is not expensive Uh, um i was looking at some pricing it looks like like 50 bucks kind of a thing so it may be a, a real quick repair and uh, this thing might be up and running again, just with good, like, this is one of those cases where the, the design is doing something that it shouldn't, it shouldn't allow an out of battery detonation, it shouldn't drop right. the, the firing pin when it's not in, uh, in battery, uh, and the ammo failed, right? You get a couple things stacking up, and, and that's where you get into these issues. Right. You're going to post that picture, because it, it's quite significant, the damage to the receiver. Yeah, it looks pretty gnarly. <laughs> yeah. And we were talking about it a little bit before we started recording. Uh, I I don't know if I'd trust it again, so I'd get rid of it too. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Well, uh, you got a good deal on game. it. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, uh, a couple hundred bucks, which yeah. these things are going for six, seven hundred. This is a Gen 2, so it's uh, it's one of their newer generations. It's got like a, a skinnier forend on it that's got some uh, Picatinny rail like built in. Um I don't know. I, I really like nine millimeter carbines as uh, as kind of like fun plinking guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's nice when they don't blow up in your face. But, yeah, that's uh, nice. <laughs> I, like that. That's that's why you always wear your eye protection and ear protection yeah. so that in the event of uh, something like this, you're you're covered. But uh, right. what happened well, to the uh, guy? Is he okay? Yeah, yeah, he's okay. Oh, okay. He just uh, he just doesn't for some reason he doesn't want to own this uh, particular rifle anymore. <laughs> don't know so. why. Yeah, weird, but. Uh, <laughs> No, I'll, I'll take a well. We'll take a crack at it here at uh, yeah. at repairing it and putting the parts back in and yeah, getting it back up and running again. I mean, I had yeah. one before, like a, a Gen One, and it was fine. And it wasn't like it's they're they're not fancy guns. Uh, they're innovative. You know, when I when I think of Caltech, I just wish 
like they would take their innovation because they're they're crazy innovative. They've been doing mm-hmm. some really cool guns. I just wish that they uh, um, pick their innovation ma- and make it a better gun. Put put some more design. Put some, put better materials into it. Okay. Uh, a lot of their stuff is like uh, is is pretty inexpensive plastic. Um, where like a couple of a couple, just a little bit more steel and it would be reliable and 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 that kind of thing, right? I'm thinking yeah. of like their their SU-17s um, are, are known for you know cracking the receiver because it's a plastic receiver, right? It's it's taking yeah. all the brunt. It's like oh man, just, just throw a little bit of steel in there and and it'll be good and it'll be just a little bit more expensive, but the reliability will be yeah. so much better. Okay. And you know they've got the, the designs are really cool. The the sub two thousand, the way it like folds in the middle and packs down is really cool. It's just you know a little a little bit more and i think it would be uh it would be there do you think that's part of the problem why it might have had the malfunction the folding uh, it's hard to t- no no the, the the that i don't think it would be the plastic that was really at fault like the plastic blew up but that's right. not really the plastic's fault yeah. um it, it's it's more the the round itself being you know not going fully into battery and then the the bolt it, like allowing itself to be fired when it's not in battery as well those two those two combined is is what caused the issue the plastic just you know took the brunt of the mistake maybe in a, a, a steel gun you would have had fewer parts that were broken maybe you'd like pop an ejector off or something like that and that would be it but uh, uh, or an extractor that kind of thing but with with this one with plastic encasing that uh, that receiver area you have a you have a round go off uh, out of battery it's it's going to take out that plastic yeah pretty catastrophic it looked like yeah but it's plastic yeah and, and it's replaceable and it's cheap yeah yeah exactly so okay. i don't know i'm gonna muck around with that and see what's going on all right cool um did you want to talk about the uh ccfr calendar the uh Gunny Girl calendar? Sure, actually I do. The calendar, uh, just go on to the Canadian Coalition's Firearms Rights site. If you go on right now, as of today, they've reduced the price and they've uh, uh, basically it's a, a beginning of the year price um, for a couple of weeks, I think it is. Uh, they've reduced the price to $20 instead of $25. Uh, and I don't know if you can use it in conjunction with the coupon, but try it. Does that come coupon. with shipping? No, it's $20 plus shipping. Hmm. Uh, so use the coupon as well. I'm hoping you can still use the coupon, but maybe, I don't know. Anyways, try it, see if it works. The, the coupon code is CCFR2017. Easy peasy, eh? Cool. Anyways, uh, a lot of people are getting their calendars in and they're loving them. And yeah, so uh, they're posting it on the CCFR website. Uh, I got one in as well, and then I've sent one to the uh, somebody as well i'm trying to get some more so yeah good gift yeah it's a really really good gift and all the proceeds go towards the women's programming so we'll put it back into the organization and see if we can get some uh, more women gunnies into the community the the shooting Mm. community so it's good what kind of uh what kind of things do you think we should like like the community is going to do to uh to raise awareness and get more female shooters out there do you think they're going to do like uh like we had talked late uh Oh, a while back about uh, about getting lo- like more ladies leagues going in in gun yep. clubs and that kind of thing. Do you think like do you think they'll do more to push on that or? So one of the things that uh, I'm going to be doing that's one of my projects that's I'm that I'm going to be uh, leading with the CCFR is we're going to be going out to the different provinces and the different gun mm-hmm. clubs to see how many what the percentage of women are. Mm-hmm. Um, if we do, if they have any. Um, 
executive members or if uh, that are female as well, what they have going on currently for programs, what they would like to see for programs, and also uh, try and develop something more like um, all ladies um, leagues. Mm-hmm. We're finding that women are more comfortable when they first start out as beginners with all females uh, or limited um, men uh, mm-hmm. that are in that group. Uh, but yep. So maybe we can actually do some all female leagues. We can also do things like um, pals, our pals, um, all women as well. So again, it's about introducing people to the sport so that they're comfortable with the people that they're with. And then once they actually, uh, what we also find is also women will get to a certain point and then they'll they'll um, uh, go out and shoot with male counterparts in that as well. Um, but it's the intimidation factor of getting them into the sport. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's my project for the for the new year. So January and February is to get out, get that information from everybody, and then uh, start uh, developing some programs and yeah, some plans. So, yeah, yep. I don't I don't want to make extra work for you, but it would be really Thanks. cool. <laughs> <laughs> it would be really cool if um if you when you reached out to those clubs and you found ones that were like, yeah, you know what, we've uh, yeah. we'd like to do a ladies league. We've got the money. What do you got for suggestions? If you had like something to roll out for them, where it's like, okay, hey, first you're gonna do uh, a ladies night shoot, and here's what that's gonna look like, and here's yep. a typical like if you had like a a first three months plan, I think you'd. Like, I think a lot of clubs out there are ready for it. They're just, you know, it's a matter of planning and, and you know, why reinvent the wheel right. when the same, like a program that works in Kingston is a program that's going to work in Edmonton, right? Exactly. And that's ex- that's exactly it. A lot of people are saying, we want this, but we don't know how to go about doing it. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what they, you're right. That's what they want. They want to they want a plan of how to put it into place. The other thing that we're going to look at as well is supporting some more all ladies um, events. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that we had uh, a couple of months ago here in Napanee, I'm going to um, base it on that and, and try and roll it out at, or have that for the different, um, the different uh, ranges as well. If they're hosting an event or they'd like to host an event, then we can offer that to them and show them what happened at that range and how it was successful and how they can have their own successful event as well. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no, there's no sense in having us all siloed. If, if we find a formula that works, we should roll it out across the country. Absolutely. Yep. (laughs) All right. uh, uh, Let's get into uh, upcoming events. The seventh annual Canadian podcasters uh, charity shoot. That's going to happen on uh, July 8th, 2017 at the Guelph rod and gun club in Guelph, Ontario. Uh, This year, the Canadian Patriot Podcast is the host, and the charity of choice is Many to One. Mm -hmm. The next one we have is Got Your Six Charity Shoot. This is a uh, a precision rifle competition. It's the second one that they've had. It'll be July 22nd to 23rd in Edson, Alberta. The funds raised there go towards the War Horse Awareness Foundation. Uh, Did you want to talk about SummerSlam? Sure. So SummerSlam, it's going to be a SummerSlam 11. It's at the Rustigouche Gun Club in Balmoral, New Brunswick. It's a level three of sick uh, match. It's 16 stages, so approximately 300 rounds. Uh, you're, they're going to have 14 squads of 10, and registrations night is on August 4th. Now, uh, Trevor was talking about the fact that that's going to be at a pub this year, so awesome. Um, 
The match itself is August 5th and 6th. Uh, Smoke on the Water is doing uh, the range food again. So, uh, again, amazing. Um, And they're hoping that they'll actually do the banquet as well. So, the banquet's on August 5th. Cost is $160. However, stop emailing Trevor. You can pay him through EMT on on, uh, January 9th. If you're paying by EMT, it's $150 only. And but if you're paying by check, it's 160 bucks. Uh, registration opens on January 9th, and yeah, I'm thinking that uh, they're not sold out yet. Doesn't look like, but uh, if you're interested in doing SummerSlam, register quickly because it will sell out. I do know that. Mm-hmm. I know people who've already said that they've already put their name on the list. So yeah, awesome. Are you are you gonna go? Yeah. Uh, this next one is the Caps Use of Force training. This will be $400 plus taxes. Uh, this is a training course with Dave Young, October 14th and 15th in Dalhousie, New Brunswick. Go to caps-training.com to register today. There's 15 seats total, and there's only 12 left right now. Right. So that one's October. That was the one that we tried to put on last October too, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It'll be better this time. Yeah. Register. <laughs> so that yeah. he can do it okay awesome uh right. let's get into the news uh, uh you've got this first one for uh uh toronto uh yeah just let me open it here because uh i'm yeah i'm falling down on the job here uh <laughs> this one this one came out a couple of weeks ago we never covered it so i just wanted to um talk to you a little bit about it because of the fact that i think it's important to discuss it it, was, it is uh, in the center of the universe so yeah <laughs> i know Storano. <laughs> anyways uh the title of it is the rcmp ignore data that uh, could flag people selling guns to criminals the toronto mayor says so this was this came out i think it was around uh, december the 15th or 16th and uh the uh, john tory who's the mayor of of um, Toronto stated that he uh, would like to see the, he, he sent a letter, a registered letter and uh, he sent it to Ralph Goodall and uh, said basically that the uh, Canadian firearms registry is there and the RCMP should be using it to basically track um, legal firearms owners uh, because they're selling their guns to criminals basically is what it, what, what it boiled down to. So, uh yeah, what is your what's your thoughts on that there, Adriel? Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, he if he would have said that two years ago, um, I would have uh, I would have agreed with him on, in terms of the uh, RCMP flagging it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as of <laughs> how how long ago did I buy those four pistols and I got flagged like right away on it? Uh, was that two months ago? Three months ago? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So. Uh, very good uh, point on flagging, uh, but I think the RCMP is doing it. Like I can't, we can't just like call them and ask them, like, "Hey, are you guys, are you guys doing your job now? Are you flagging these things?" But uh, they appear to be. Um, if they're going to flag me on on a purchase of four, you'd hope they'd get the guy that uh, uh, right. you know has got like forty seven with a ton of uh, duplicates and well, uh, and that kind of thing. Right. The thing that I'm how okay. The the reality is there are a very small majority of people who are legally buying firearms and they're selling them to people who aren't able to have them or illegally selling them. Um, but the majority of firearms in Canada by like illegal firearms owners are not being sold to criminals. Mm-hmm. That's the reality, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, and the other it, thing that like, if, if you're doing that, it's a ticking time bomb. 
What are you right. going to do? Uh, eventually, the cops are going to figure out that you've got uh, uh, these guns out there. Either they'll uh, trace a serial number or maybe maybe they thought they're smart enough and they ground off the serial number, but they can still detect it because the imprint is still there, right? right. Uh, you know, eventually that's going to come back to you and eventually you're going to go to jail. So, right. So uh, guess what? <laughs> legal firearms owners who are selling their criminals, guess what? They're not legal firearms owners. They're criminals themselves. Anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're also... Probably carrying sacks of guns over the border. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, yeah, I, it's yeah, it's it's uh, it's not a smart criminal enterprise because you've you've got a target yeah. on you the moment you sell you start doing that. And uh, uh, I I couldn't see any any smart criminals doing this. I could see a lot of dumb criminals doing this, but yeah, you're gonna go to jail. Yeah. It's just a matter of time. So uh, there was a really cool graphic that was attached to this. Uh, so this article, mm-hmm. and I was talking about the ver- the variety of firearms that were stolen um, in 2012. Mm-hmm. So one in 64 were semi-automatic firearms. One in 86 were revolvers. One in 151 were semi-automatic rifles. One in 155 pump-action shotguns. Guess what the least sold or stolen one was? Uh, hmm. Flintlock uh, rifles? Yeah, no. <laughs> the hinge brake shotguns. Uh, okay, seriously? <laughs> These people? No. It, criminals, they want they want semi-automatic semi-automatic handguns and and revolvers. They don't they're not looking at, you know, hinge brake shotguns or pump action shotguns or single shot, you know, lever action. I don't know. Anyways, it's just ridiculous. So yeah. I thought it, I thought it was funny. Yeah, well, it's kind of curious because they're saying one in 151 uh, semi-auto uh, rifles, but and they're they're showing a picture of an AR-15. <laughs> I know, but it, 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 that must include like 10-22s and all sorts of other garbage. That you know, this is a, a lot of the time a, a crime of uh, uh, convenience, right? So it could right. just be a, a 10-22 hanging out somewhere, and you know, someone just grabbing it, kind of a thing. Yeah, or you could have like my ten twenty two. That you remember when I had the AT stock, ATI stock on it? It looked like a, an AR fifteen. Come on, mm-hmm. <laughs> just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I think so. This this is um, this these numbers here one in sixty four. I, I think that's referring to the number that were registered that were listed as stolen. So stolen. within a, within yeah. a twelve year period, how much of them, um, how much of them got stolen at one point? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, still pretty high, but. Yeah, I wonder how many of those are just people who just want to, like, illegally deregister them and that kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Um, anyway. Yeah, well, the next one here I've got, uh, I've got a couple of that. I, I kind of went through the front page of CGN and just kind of stole a couple of the uh, couple of the sales that I thought were interesting. Uh, the first one, I think it's Questar, but maybe it's yep. Questar, and I heard it as another one. I, I swear I heard, like, K-Star or something like that. Um, really? <laughs> In any case, they uh, uh, they import a lot of uh, SIG and uh, uh, I believe some uh, some harder to find pistol parts. They got a ton of AR-15 stuff and that kind of thing. They're making some room for Shot Show. They've got some SIG M11s and 229s at uh, a pretty steep discount. So if you're uh, if you're interested in, in a SIG pistol, uh, I'd definitely check that one out. Uh, Tenda. <laughs> Uh, Tenda or Go Tenda, they have a discount, uh, discontinued Vortex Optics sale. So they have a whole pile of uh, these Vortex Optics, which I think they all have lifetime warranties, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah. 
So they got yeah. lifetime warranties anyway. Exactly. Um, and they've got the, so they've got all these discontinued ones that uh, uh, are are now on sale. They've got some diamond diamondback stuff, some Viper PST scopes, and that kind of Holy. thing. So if you're these uh, are good prices. Tenda's got some killer deals some of the time. They're one of those one of those companies that doesn't mess around when they go put stuff on sale. Um, so they got some of those. Uh, and then this, uh, the last one I got from some CGN here is, uh, um, and it, it might've been announced before, but it's, I, I'm just seeing it now is North Silva has announced the, uh, map pricing for the, uh, X 95, the, the mm-hmm. IWI map pricing is a minimum advertised price. It's the, it's the minimum that a retailer can set it for. So they can all sell it for more, but none of them can sell for less. And yep. the idea that uh, Apple does that. So if you go buy an Apple iPhone 6, it's going to yep. be the same price everywhere. So it's it's starting to become a little bit more common. Um, that map pricing is $25.99, so just $2,600. Uh, compared to the Tavor, that's pretty much where they're at. The Tavor, as I've seen, anywhere from $2,400 to $2,800, depending if it's got you know some camo on it or, or a different paint job or whatever. Uh, so the pricing is pretty comparable for a gun that's arguably better, I think. It, it, it's better. Um, so I'm kind of curious about that and their first shipment's supposed to come in January here. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking really hard about selling some, making some room in my safe and, uh, and getting one of those. I don't really have a need for one, but, uh, that there hasn't stopped me from buying guns before. I was just going to say, that hasn't stopped you before. So. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, well, it's, 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 it's a cool bullpup and $2,600 is a lot for a rifle, but. Uh, yeah, it's, it it's definitely a cool uh, a cool rifle. And finally, uh, the next thing I wanted to show here was just GOC is doing a couple of giveaways. Uh, one of them is uh, 300 Win Mag. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of so <laughs> these are actually pretty cool little giveaways that they do. You just sign into GOC and you submit for these contests and, and you can uh, potentially win something. Uh, one of them is, uh, it looks, is that a Remington 783? No, it's a Remington 700 SPS. Uh, a little bit better. Uh, so they have a 700 SPS in 300 Win Mag. Uh, that one is going from January to June. And then uh, your uh, uh, January to April one is a bunch of Surefire stuff, some uh, shotgun yeah. flashlights and whatnot. So a bunch of cool stuff. Definitely uh, definitely check those out because, hey, it's free, right? <laughs> yeah, somebody's got to win it, and I haven't won anything yet. Have you? Uh, I can neither confirm nor the de- deny that I've won oh. anything. Oh. But yes, I have. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> it is I, possible. It is possible. I've yeah. won. I haven't won it on GOC. I've won other things. So. Ah. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Prize tables at a shoot. Uh, prize tables at a shoot. I've also. I also won that BR ninety nine. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Some cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. a bunch of cool, some stuff. cool stuff out there. Yeah. So. Uh, it's kind of like the lottery. You can't win if you don't play, right? Well, the odds are way better than the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know how many people submit for these GOC contests, but you've got like a, a good chance of winning. This isn't like one in, what's what's like a 649 do? Like one in a million, one in two million? Well, it's six, a lot of max right now is 60 million with four, 40 prizes of $1 million. Anyways, um, okay. yeah, there's no way in heck. Yeah, that doesn't seem like good odds to me. No. No. Oh, why don't you right. uh, take this uh, gun stolen one here? Okay, so uh, we were talking about um, uh, 
trying to put some more news into uh, into our stories and that as well. And we're also talking about, uh, let's uh, talk about some things that are happening with people that are stealing the rifles and guns and that. So, uh, terrorist RCMP report that numerous rifles were stolen in a break and enter in Missy River Trackity, uh, sorry, Tackle Shop, let's see, on uh, the morning at uh, 4.30 a.m. So this happened on January 4th, 2017, a couple of days ago in Terrace, B.C. Uh, thieves used a small truck to smash uh, into the store by driving through the front entrance. Three uh, people entered the store and stole an entire rack of long guns. Based on the video surveillance, it appears that two men and one woman are suspects and the woman was being the driver. Shortly oh, that's after. nice when, uh, yeah. when couples do things together, right? Well, yeah, I go shooting with my boyfriend. They go stealing <laughs> rifles together. So, anyways, it's like pottery, but a little bit different. Like pottery, but a little different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I don't know. Driving trucks through a, a window and just smashing stealing a grab. bunch of stuff. Yeah. Anyways, if anybody in our BC listeners, if you see a beige 2006 Toyota Tacoma with uh, license plates KK1661, well, that's your stolen van. It was used in... Pickup truck. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Pickup truck. Yes. Pickup truck. Smash and grab. Yeah. So do you find that people are doing a little bit more of that? Are we hearing a little bit more about smash and grabs like that? Uh, in some of those smaller gun shops, I know a lot of the larger gun shops have like big safes that they're storing them in, or, uh, mm-hmm. they're running those concrete, uh, posts in front, yeah, in front of yeah. their, uh, doors so that mm-hmm. you can't drive a pickup truck in and, and just do a smash and grab because they are targeted for that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah. and they're putting up precautionary devices to stop people from doing that. Yeah. Good idea. So I also put in that this happened two days ago. The uh, Smith and Wesson M&P M2.0 uh, has dropped. So uh, you knew about that, right? Yeah, I think we talked. We, we briefly, briefly talked about it because I think in our yeah. last show it had like the first inkling of an announcement had come out. There wasn't a lot of information with it. Yeah. So it has officially dropped, and I Run Guns is is carrying it. Uh, apparently, they're the oh, only cool. ones that have listed it right now. So mm-hmm. uh, some of the things that you can that are uh, you know uh, about this is the stainless steel chassis has uh, it's a little bit longer, and uh, what else? Um, the trigger it's a little bit more fine tuned, and I think crisper, that's the big crisper thing and that lighter. They put in. Yeah. 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 So. It looks it's it's the hinge trigger, is it not? Yeah, but the if, if the trigger pack that they're using isn't mm-hmm. uh, isn't like the old one. Yeah. Uh, so it should be this one is supposed to be crisper, lighter, and a, a more audible and tactile reset. The reset yeah. on the on the so, on the MMP isn't very loud, or you, loud. you can't really hear it. But yep. So this one is supposed to have that. So comes in the three calibers, and uh, did you look at the grip at all? Um, I think that they they had this little swoopy part on the old one that wasn't uh, stippled, and now that it is stippled, wow, it's um, like it's like really, as they say, aggressively huh. um, textured. Mm-hmm. So, and it and M and P's come with the uh, the change out so they can um, the palm swell so that you can mm-hmm. change it out so that it can fit you as well. That's what I really like about M and P's too, because. Mm-hmm. It'll fit my hand as well as Kevin's hand. Like he has uh, a couple MMPs, and we can switch out the uh, palm swells, and it 
it, it works fine. The well, other, they're really ergonomic too. Like they actually, yeah. they actually have some ergonomics to the grip. It's not just a, yep. a, a rectangle box. <laughs> nope. But yeah, it's You're kind right. of funny. Like the Glock. Anyways. Yeah. Um, and some of the other things that people will like too is they're totally ambidextrous with the slide stop, the reversible mag release, and optional ambidextrous uh, thumb safety as no. well. So that's all. No coming. thumb so safety. No. If, if <laughs> well, hey. If people want it, they can get it in both the left and hand, right. Anyways, just saying. So, and it's an MMP. I like MMPs. Yeah, I do too. I yeah. like my uh, I like my FN a little bit more, but that's because it's it's. I'm I'm sure it's uh, the longer sight radius on on it is uh, is it makes it easier to shoot. Mm. And uh, the, I I really like the capacity. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, why don't we jump right into our main topic? Uh, I want to talk a little bit about buying and selling firearms, what to look for and uh, how to ship and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, right. uh, do you buy and sell a lot of guns? Absolutely not. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, we have bought and sold, we being Kevin, because mm-hmm. uh, originally um, I got all my firearms through Girlfriend Discount. Um <laughs> But he is somebody who does uh, buy and sell quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks for great deals in that too, and he will sell stuff that he's no longer using. So he'll ship it out to people in that as well. So, um, but it's a great topic for somebody that's getting into um, uh, firearms and um, maybe they're they're looking to buy or they like for me. Adriel, you're the perfect uh, guy to ask all these questions to because you go through firearms like you change your underwear. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't move them. I don't move quite the volume that Trevor does, but I'm up there. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you are. So, yeah. if for example, um, we've had actually some people call in or not call in, but write in and ask about what to look for and different things like that. But it's a good opportunity for us to talk about it a little bit more in depth mm-hmm. and figure out, you know, what exactly we should be doing if you're if you're looking to buy firearms or if you're looking to sell firearms how to because um originally when i thought about this idea it was based on those classified ads those are horrible ads mm-hmm. <laughs> right and let's let's see if maybe you know people can uh, we can ask or answer some questions or give some people some tips so that they will be able to sell their firearms and yeah uh, how can get we help people not do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you yeah. have sold a a ton of them, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I uh, I sell a ton. Um, I think the uh, I think the thing that surprised me the most about buying and selling guns in Canada here is that you're primarily going to do most of your sales to people who aren't in your city. Like I'm in Edmonton. I'm a, I'm in a big enough city. I could sell them locally, but to get the best price when I'm selling. I'm typically selling to someone who's a, uh, across the country. Uh, right, and so then, yeah, you have to ship it. Exactly. Yeah. So that, that's yeah. one thing that I didn't expect. But but on the buying side, boy, it's convenient because you can look, you can find that uh, that firearm that you're looking for. You can order it and uh, and yeah, have it shipped to your door. So uh, it's something that our our neighbors to the south don't really get to experience because they can't uh, they can't mail order guns. Right. Um, uh, straight to their door kind of a thing. But yeah. it's it's something that we totally do out here and it, it is absolutely the norm. If you if you are selling locally, uh, you're probably not getting the best price you could possibly be getting. If you're right. buying locally, well, I've I don't know, I've got some really good deals locally. 
finding different yeah. people. I mean, yeah. the, the, the thing is, um, and, and the biggest marketplace out there is Canadian uh, Gun Nuts. Their uh, equipment exchange is, uh, is really good. Um, it's, uh, it's a big market, and it's a market that uh, tells you the value of a firearm as well. Uh, you know, the value, you know, a, a really good rule of thumb to go off of is the price you paid, uh, 75% of that, for example. Right. But if you go on CGN, you may find that that's not the case for your gun. Your gun might hold value a lot better, or it might lose value, uh, yeah. uh quite a bit more than, uh, some other firearms. I know that some of the, the premium stuff, some of the custom rifles, you buy one of those and you shoot it and you've just dumped a ton of the, uh, value in that firearm right. because they're custom, right? People are looking for particular things in them. Right. So let's talk about selling your firearms first. Let's give okay. the, some people some tips on what you should be doing. Now you do like when you do your sales, you take pictures, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And you don't go on the internet and like do a Google search and use that picture. Well, sometimes I do, but only when it's my picture that's showing up. Because <laughs> a lot of the guns that I'm buying and selling, I'm reviewing as well, right? So yeah, uh, so if I go to sell, like I'm going to have to sell this Tika, I'm going to use the really nice picture that I shot for, for the article as well for, for right. to sell that one. But uh, um, for, for anyone else out there who's selling one of these things, I got a couple of tips for you. Uh, one, shoot it on like a, a nice background. Like it's, it's really hard to see the details on a gun if, uh, uh, if the background is really like cluttered. So mm -hmm. throwing it, like throwing a rifle on something that's dark or something that's like camo or something like that might make it, make it hard to, uh, to see what's in the background. Uh, on, on some of your cameras, what you might want to do is instead of having it on the green box or the auto mode, go to program mode. And just bump the exposure up just a little bit. And the reason is, if you're taking a picture of a black gun and you've got a light-colored background, your camera's trying to average it all out. And what'll happen is that dark gun will end up like super black as night and you won't be able to see the details on it. And that, that can be counteracted just by going to that program mode on your camera, bumping the exposure just a little bit, and you'll you'll start to see those details in the, uh, in the firearm. Um, couple of other things around taking pictures, take, take a bunch of them. Uh, try to take like one full one, a little bit of a close up. If there's an issue with your gun uh, and, and you want to be transparent about it and you should be transparent about it, uh, take a picture of that thing close up. If there's a scratch or something like that, take a picture. A lot of people, you know, when you're, when you're buying a used firearm, you assume that, you know, there's, is going to be bunch yeah. of bumps and scratches and dents and that kind of thing. And, uh, Working uh, uh, with someone who's selling a gun, who's like straight up front with that kind of stuff is really confidence inspiring. And, and it's something that I look for is, is, you know, don't just show me the really good angle that has like, uh, like a lot of lens flare over top the, the gun where it might have a big scratch. Like show me the scratch and, and, you know, maybe I'm going to be fine with that. Yeah. Okay. Um, when you're, when you're putting it down on your surface, throw a pen or something through the trigger guard. You don't generally want it to be sitting on the ground because the, uh, the lighting won't really work all the best. So it's nice to elevate them a little bit. And that's why you see like traditionally a lot of pens or like a, a, a long Cartridges. rifle round or something like that. Yeah, cartridge uh, through the trigger guard. It's just to jack it up a little bit to, uh, to make it easier to take a picture of it without getting uh, shadows and whatnot. So, and you want to be, you were talking about being transparent. So when you do the ad or however you're promoting what you're going to sell, you want to make sure that you are transparent. If there's any issues with the guns or if there's any um, 
something that you need to, or you want something special about it as well. If it is customized, um, you probably do want to put that into your ad as well, right? Yeah, when it comes to the ads, I would say like make them as descriptive as possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hate, you know, but my local uh, my local buy and sell places online are the worst because it'll be like thirty odd six rifle for sale, and it's got like a you know like a one sixty by one sixty picture, and you're trying to figure out now is that a Tika or is that a set like a Savage or like you can't even tell. Yeah. <laughs> so like. Yeah, definitely put the descriptions in there. Say what it is, like the cartridge. How, ma- how many times have you fired it is, a, is a, a typical number that a lot of people like to use for uh, mm-hmm. usage. If you can't remember or if it's like give a year then, okay, I've had this pistol a year or three months or whatever. That's uh, That can be indicative of use as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, put the cartridge, put how long you've owned it. Um, any other kind of uh, accessories you've got with it. Now, when I sell guns, I usually don't include the accessories. I usually sell those uh, separately uh, or to the person who wants to buy the gun because most of the time, and and, and I'm guilty of this as well, when I'm searching for a gun, uh, I'm looking around and I'm looking at quality and price. And I'm not like the accessories aren't even factoring into it. So if I'll, I'll look at, uh, this Tika is actually a really good example. If I'm looking at Tika T3s, I'm looking at price. How much, how much are these, this one's going for? 690 mm-hmm. How much is that one going for? $750. i am not really looking at the $200 rings and bases and associating the value of $200 for those rings and bases. So right. if, you're, um, if, you're, if you've got a firearm that has got a whack of accessories with it, don't sell them with the gun. You'll generally take a bath on them. It's better to sell uh, uh, outside uh, to someone who's specifically looking for that or right. upsell the person. You know, once this person said like, hey, yeah, I'll take your gun, be like, oh, I've also got these uh, rings and bases. Do you want to buy those as well? Maybe you can uh, uh, sell them more than like just advertising the gun by itself with a bunch of accessories. Uh, your price will be higher than everyone else's and people won't be looking at it because the price will be higher and and they won't like they won't think about those accessories in in the in the correct way. Right. And that's exactly it with things like magazines and that too. If you have extra magazines, sell those separately. That's the tip that you gave me recently as well. Yeah, exactly. I uh I bought oh boy, when I bought that AR uh 180B, I paid a thousand bucks and I got oh man, like seven magazines. And wow. a red dot and uh, a bunch of other stuff. The, the rifle by itself was $1,000. I would have easily paid $1,000 for just the rifle. Never mind all the other stuff I got with it. Um, but that was just icing on the cake kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Like when you're selling, I would definitely like decouple those as much as possible because people are looking. People want the gun by its, like, and the pricing on its own because it makes it easier to think about it and compare. So you were talking about uh, gun nuts. Uh, mm-hmm. Where else can people sell? There's a bunch of other places. There's GOC. Um, there's your local traders and buy and sells and that kind of thing. Um, personally, I'm, I'm a big fan of CGN because it's got a trader rating system on there. So okay. in order for you to get trader rating, you have to buy and sell from other members of the CGN community. Um, and every time you buy and sell and the other person rates you, you get a rating and the more ratings you've got, the more you show that you're a professional buyer or seller. Um, I don't know. Have you, have you tried buying or selling something off Kijiji? Off Kijiji? Yeah. Not a gun, just anything. Oh yeah. You ever ever find that like 
someone that says that they're going to buy from you and then say they're uh, going to show up to your house and then yeah. they don't? Oh, yeah. It's horrible. Have it's you ever like horrible. gone to buy something and found that the product was totally not what was advertised? Uh, yeah. So the person that took the picture off of Google, yes, yes. <laughs> Kijiji. But absolutely, yeah. And there's no rating system for that, too. People That's the problem up. with Kijiji. Yeah. yeah. Is is yeah. there's no rating system? Because there's no rating system, there, people aren't discouraged from being scumbags, and they're scumbags. Right. And uh, they don't they don't treat people the way you should be treating them in a in a buying selling relationship. The trader rating, like eliminate, like I want to say it eliminates that, but it eliminates that. When I uh, when I buy from people, I send them an EMP uh, an EMT. Right. That product is usually shipped next day, and that's like that's even better than some of the uh, some retailers, right? Like same day or next day shipping kind of a thing. Um, so I really like the uh, the trader rating system on there because it's incentivized all the right behaviors. It makes sure that sellers uh, take good pictures, answer PMs, uh, and when when someone says I'll take it and they send an EMT to you, that you mm-hmm. ship it out quickly and uh, and you pack it really well because you don't want a negative trader rating. You know, if I if I got a gun that was like rattling around in a cardboard box and all beaten to heck when it finally got to me, I'd probably give that other person a, a bad trader rating. Uh, so, so it hasn't happened. When I get things shipped to me, they're shipped quickly and they're typically uh, packed well, and they they don't sustain any damage when they're shipped. Right. Um, so one of the things in order to because you can't get a, a rating as a seller, you have to do the buying first, right? Oh, I don't know. I've I did it so how long you, ago I can't even <laughs> remember which ones I started with. How do you build your rating then? Oh, you build your rating up by. Uh, uh, buying and selling on CGN, so you can you can get ratings for for buying and for selling. Right. Um, that, that, now, for new people, okay. you won't be able yeah. to sell something really expensive on CGN if you have a trader rating of zero. If you're <laughs> if you're advertising yeah. that Lynx 50 BMG semi-auto bullpup, <laughs> and you don't have like unique looking pictures, you're not going to sell it on CGN. No one's going to buy that from you. <laughs> Because it's uh, it's just too risky. You you need a uh, a higher trader rating to sell higher uh, uh, priced goods. Higher end items. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right. Okay. And I mean, um, uh, oh, the other thing I wanted to mention about buying and selling on CGN, it's almost entirely EMT now. Um, mm-hmm. I used to I used to buy things with like those postal. No, um, oh, what do you call money them? orders? Yeah, postal money yeah. orders. Uh, but these days, pretty much everyone's doing EMT. That's th- that's your Interac e-transfers. That's where right. you can log into your bank and you can say, yes, I want to pay this person. I'll send $200 to them. They log into theirs. They get their $200. There's not really any fees with it like PayPal. And uh, pretty much yeah. everyone's like everyone's doing it these days. So if you're going to buy and sell on CGN, you definitely need to be able to uh, take and send EMTs. Okay. Yeah, so EMTs... Uh Canada can do that, but I'm not thinking. I I think that the U.S. usually does PayPal. Do they not? Yeah, most. Yeah, well, they're like they don't do EMTs. I don't. Can you do a a mail order private sale in the U.S.? I don't believe you can. Yeah, I think you. It has. Yeah, it has. Definitely, interstate would be like you're breaking some laws there. I'm not even sure interstate you could. We can't. So you know, I I was just going to say, you know what this means. 
it means win for Canada. <laughs> a small win for Canada. <laughs> yeah. So we'll take them where we can get them. I know. Eh? <laughs> what are some of the red flags that uh, would pop up for you if, if somebody was selling? Um, well, there's, there's a couple, um, just some like safety precautions that you can take when you're buying stuff off CGN is call the seller, like ask for a phone number, call them, ask them some details about the firearm. You know, if, if you're trying to weed out like the dumbest criminals who are just trying to get your EMT and run, um, ask them some details about the gun and they should be knowledgeable about it to the point where, you know, that they, they understand about the gun. I mean, um, you can't expect, you know, um, some people just don't know that much about the gun. They don't know if it's, uh, you know, 762 by 39. They just know it's an SKS, but they should be able to tell you about, you know, what color is it and uh, where'd you buy it from and how long have you had it and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's one thing that uh, a lot of people like to do. Um, uh, there's there's the requirement that you verify the other person's pal when you're uh, right. when you're selling to someone. So if you are the seller, you do need to verify the other person's pal. There is like there's the potential for someone to give a fake PAL. So if you get an image, one of the things you can do, and this may work depending if it's if it's out there or not, is uh, uh, get that image. And if you get it into Chrome, right click on it, and then go search for images like this. Uh, right. And, and, and what that'll do is a reverse image search and try to find it online. So if it's like a sample pal or if it's a pal that's like, oh, I got my pal stolen and uh, now these guys are using it, it might show up on a form or something like that. So that's something that's like a, I don't know, it, it you're never going to find anything with it. But when you do, you'll be glad that you did, right? Right. Um, well, the other thing to, that to look for is is just like drastically underpriced stuff. A lot of the times they're they're looking to get someone who's uh, who's just greedy and and their eyes are bigger than their than their than their brains kind of a thing. Uh, so watch out for stuff that looks too cheap, doesn't have a lot of detail on it, and doesn't have a lot of images because those are the ones that like really raise the red flags for me. If I see like a uh, a Norinco AR-15 for 350 bucks on the CGN with like, that's all the information they've got. And they have no images and that kind of thing. That's, that's really risky. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, when we were talking about, uh, we did a lot of talking about selling, buying. Is there anything specific in regards to buying what you should be looking for? Um, well, making sure that the person you're buying from has a lot of really good photos. They're they're well exposed. You can see what the firearm looks like. Uh-huh. Um, a, a well exposed picture. It's it's actually really hard to hide rust. It's it it shows up really well when you when you expose a picture correctly. Um, if you're buying a, a mill serp, you might want to ask for a picture down the barrel with a, a, a barrel light at one end. That'll mm-hmm. tell you if the lands are, uh, you know, the barrel is really rusty on the inside, or if it's completely shot out, <laughs> you'll see, you won't be able to see the lands anymore. <laughs> uh, so those are definitely some things to look for in mill serp, uh, guns. Um, when it comes to particular firearms, there's some other things you might want to look at. Um, if you're buying like a, a Norinco M14, you might want to take a, get a picture of the front sight because that'll tell you whether uh, the indexing is off or not. Um, but like that kind of stuff is firearms specific, and it's it's kind of hard to go over in a uh, a quick review like this. But definitely like getting those getting those pictures is uh, is something that's going to tell you whether you're getting a good deal or not. Make sure you check the other listings on CGN and, and GOC and that kind of thing to see if. Uh, uh, to see what the price you should be paying is. Right. 
Um, and then beyond that, check new, right? Check what the pricing is new. Um, with the uh, American dollar going up and down and, and, and right now being quite quite high compared to the Canadian dollar, there's some places that are uh, uh, that have uh, accounted for that and there's, there's some that haven't. And, you know, uh, one of the places that hasn't in, in some areas is online. So you can sometimes get a good deal. Someone might be um, thinking about the price that they paid back, you know, two years ago and selling it for 75% of that when in reality that's like way underpriced compared to what they're selling for new, right? And you can also see, uh, you can see a lot of people putting their firearms up for sale when the new model is coming out, and maybe they're looking at upgrading. So you can get mm-hmm. a pretty good deal with that as well. Yeah, so. I, I I love that. I mean, <laughs> the the new models have all the the cool features, but those old ones still go bang, and they're still You're good right. quality firearms. Like this Tika is a perfect example, a, a excellent rifle. Um, new one has like one or two more features. 99% of the time when you're hunting, they are not going to matter one bit. Nope. Yep. You're right. Okay. Uh, one of the things that you're supposed to do as well, you we were talking about the PAL, verifying the, the PAL. Mm-hmm. You, you should be calling the RCMP, uh, or is that not correct? Uh, you can. If you, uh, if you get a PAL, like technically you, you've verified it. Um, you don't have to strictly call. If it, now, if it's a restricted, absolutely, you have to call yep. and do the transfer. But uh, you don't have to for the other ones. I mean, if if you are in person, uh, you can you can get uh, ask for that person's pal and, and see it, and then you know verify that it's uh, it's valid and that's the that's the right person and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and if if you are getting that online and you get that um, get that pal and and you just you just want that extra bit of safety, absolutely call it in. Yeah. I don't okay. believe it's a requirement, though. I don't believe, like, listeners, if I'm wrong, like, please email us and let us know. But I don't believe it's a it's a requirement for non-restricted to, non-restricted. to call them in. Yeah, It is for restricted, though, obviously. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, you've talked about safety a couple of times. So let's talk about uh, making sure that you're going to be safe when you're selling it. Um, I think this depends where you're buying it from. Uh, if I'm like, I've been buying from CGN. If I buy from CGN, the guy's got like massive trader rating. Um, I'll, I'll just go to a parking lot somewhere. I'll go to a wholesale sports parking lot or a Cabela's cause I kind of want to get stuff there anyways. Right. <laughs> and like that way you're not just like waiting uncomfortably in your car in a parking lot, like <laughs> feeling all the eyes on you. <laughs> you can go into the store, you can shop around and then, you know, get a text message or something that says, Hey, I'm out front kind of a thing. Right. Right. Uh, so that's, that's kind of convenient. Um, yeah. And then, you know, meeting someone in a parking lot has, has been fine for me. Keep in mind that's, that's for non-restricted, that's not for restricted firearms, just for non-restricted firearms. Um, it's, it's always, it's, it's worked fine for me. Uh, some places are doing, uh, uh, like a monitored, uh, Kijiji buy and sell thing. Yeah. Yeah, There's places all over here that do that now. I haven't seen anything like that out here. Um, yeah. I don't yeah. know if I would do that for firearms or not. They're usually monitored and they're close to the police stations. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's legal. Like, technically, what we're talking about is legal. I, I just know. don't know if I want to, like, arouse the suspicion <laughs> for nothing. I just don't know about the idea of, like, parking next to a police station and pulling a gun out of my trunk and, like, showing another guy <laughs> and having them rack the action or whatever they're doing, right? Yeah, This exactly. seems like a... Seems like a good way to get a, a knee in the back of my neck and uh, do not arre- do not resist kind of yeah. <laughs> kind of an afternoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll I'll stick to wholesale sports and Cabela's parking lots for now. Right. 
And make sure you go on the right night. <laughs> Poor Matthew. Anyways, mm, he didn't. Yeah. Anyway, recently yeah. didn't go on the right night. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what about shipping? No, you talked about the fact that uh, Canada Post. Like, mm-hmm. if you're selling to people across the country, obviously you're going to have to use um, shipping, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, any rules and regulations in regards to Canada Post? Have you've obviously sent out stuff? So, yeah, I send out uh, Canada Post uh, tracked um, with a signature. Right. Um, there was uh, some recent talk about that that said that you didn't have to do that. I don't know about that. I, I'm I'm still yeah. doing the the required signature thing because. <laughs> I don't you want, want to be able him to, to track it. Well, I don't want him to leave it between the screen door and the door. And I mean, that that's happened to me. I've had tracked, shipped, signature required uh, show up at, and be like stuck between my screen door and my main door outside my house. And be like, what the heck? You guys are supposed to bring it in. But yeah. No, I heard that you're not allowed to actually send it through Express Post, though, because. Um, Canada Post has uh, does not want it on firearms to be flown, so it does have to be shipped through regular parcel post. But you can do it through um, signature required, so that mm-hmm. you can't have a tracking number for it. Hmm. Yeah, haven't heard of that one either. But I mean, that's yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah. Any other methods that you've used Canada Post, because or uh, UPS or anything else? I, I mean, I've had. Um, Canada Ammo sends theirs through a courier, uh, Canpar. I've yep. had them, uh, uh, you know, come up to my place and, and drop off guns and that kind of thing, and it's been fine. Uh, but uh, I, I use Canada Post for everything. It's it's inexpensive, and it reaches everyone. So Inexpensive? Um, really? Compared to... <laughs> Well, compared to everyone else, I guess, but yeah, everybody yeah. else is expensive too. I still want to know how I can buy something from China for six dollars and have it show up my house, but to mail shipping, to mail like a, a a tiny little parcel to Trevor cost me like thirty bucks. I know Canada Post. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. They Anyways, just, yeah. I mean, that's. Uh, I guess that's the, the gist of it for buying. I would just encourage people to buy and sell more. I mean, a lot of people. Uh, when I'm when I'm talking, especially to new gun owners, they're like, "Okay, now I'm gonna I'm gonna buy a hunting rifle, and it is gonna be the hunting rifle because I'm only gonna get one. It has to be the best, and it has to be the most flexible. Uh, so I'm gonna get a lightweight 300 Win Mag uh, because that's gonna be the lightest and the most flexible." Uh-huh. And that's uh, too bad because you don't really need that if you're if you're just starting out and you're gonna hunt some deer. Like get a 308. Don't don't get a, th- a 300 Win Mag and, and kill your shoulder and, and give yourself a flinch and all that kind of thing. Uh, you know, go with something that's that's good for it. Because if in five years or three years you say, ah, you know what? No, now I want to get into uh, long range moose hunting. Uh, you can get the 300 Win Mag then and you can sell your 308. And the thing with guns, they're not like cars. They don't depreciate a whole ton. Uh, if you get, a, a, let's say, like a, a Savage rifle or something like that and you pay three, four hundred dollars in five years, that Savage rifle is worth 300 bucks. You, you're not losing really anything out of it. The rent on it is insanely cheap. So uh, so don't feel bad about owning a gun for uh, uh, you know a year or two or three and then having to sell it because that's okay. That's that's not such a big deal. Uh, mm-hmm. especially for the new yeah, especially for the new shooters out there. Don't worry about getting the perfect gun. There is no such thing. 
uh, buy what you can for for the situation you're in, and uh, you can always sell it in the future. Right. Something new and shiny is going to come out soon. Yep. You'll upgrade. And check your local <laughs> check your local buy and sell uh, websites right. and newspapers and that kind of thing because there's some killer deals <laughs> in your in the backwoods and in the the smaller uh, uh, communities. They have fewer buyers, and yeah. sometimes they just want to get rid of something and and they need the money and they don't necessarily uh, need to sell it for for what it what it would normally go for. So maybe you can get a, a killer deal. So right. definitely check those small town. Uh, uh, trading Flyers, posts and that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 And sometimes it is estate sales and people are selling their husbands or firearms. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Around sometimes. my area, there's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, older folks that are like, they're, they're going to move to a home or something like that. And they've got 50 guns. So yeah. you can, you can put that up for auction or you can get in there and say, I'll, I'll take, you know, 10 of them or something like that and, right. uh, and get yourself a good deal and, and, and do them a favor too, because that's just less hassle with moving that thing around to an auction and whatnot. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. You think we've done this topic to death? I think so. All right. If, let's get if on If not, to... if people still have questions, they can email us a bit. Yeah. Them, right? Or if, or if they need to email us and tell us that we're wrong, we, we'll, we'll take those too. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Let's get up to listener feedback. Uh, this first one's from Josh. I built an AR in 6.8 SPC for deer hunting last year. After I had it completed, I realized that the metal handguard would be cold in the winter, so I modified a camo can cooler to fit on the handguard. I've attached a picture as reference from Josh. Josh, you must be in the U.S. or something, and I hate you because I want to use an AR <laughs> for deer hunting. <laughs> it was uh, awesome. He Yeah, so he rednecked it with the... With a, a koozie? cooler, with a koozie, yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> love an it. Awesome picture. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll pop that onto the uh, to the show notes. <laughs> do you, you want to take Do you want to take the next one from Patrick? He Patrick actually sent two of them. So, uh, greetings and happy new mm. year, folks. Just wanted to say thank you for all the work you put into producing uh, Slamfire. Well, that's awesome. Thank you, Patrick. Um, it uh, helps me along in so many ways. First, your advice on selling old. Swedish uh, battle rifle I had since I was young was great. I made 10 times my dough. Wow, okay. Uh, way better than a stock portfolio. Uh, that was not so good as BC real estate. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Uh, do you want to start this up for <laughs> <laughs> He made 10 times his dough. So he, he sold a, an old Swedish battle rifle for 10 times what he paid for it. Probably, right. probably bought it like way back in the day when they were like in a in a barrel <laughs> and then sold it. And he's saying it's better, better than his stock, stock portfolio, but not quite as good as BC real estate. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. See, yeah, punctuation. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I'm reading it. Trevor, I need you to rescue me. Anyways, <laughs> I was then able to purchase a CZ Shadow. Wow, freaking awesome. Um, Got to take the Black Badge course out here in BC this spring. Awesome. Good for you, Patrick. Cool. Sorry for screwing up your email, by the way. Uh, second, I had bugged you folks both on Facebook and I think that's supposed to be PMs and emailed you. Direct messages. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, to Slamfire Radio on reloading advice. I'm now just uh, starting a re to reload 9mm and Colt 45. Oops. I failed to mention that I got a Everti uh, L Patron. El Patron? 
El Patron 45. Sweet. Yes, it is a single action revolver, but I just had to fulfill a childhood dream. Good for you, Patrick. Good for you. Anyways, reloading is freaking blast. Good for that, too. Oh, oh yeah. I also failed to mention that the Browning uh, X-Bolt in 30-06 with the Vortex Diamondback uh, HP and my Winchester SXP 12-gauge all purchased this year due to re-required interest in shooting. Again, good for you, Patrick. Oh, yeah. I also have a cool Walter P38 uh, that my father liberated off an individual from World War II. Uh, you, you can't just have one firearm. Patrick's no, not when they've got a really cool story cool like that. And, yeah. Again, thank you for all the information info uh, uh, presented in such an entertaining fashion. And Kelly's screwing up your email. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, I will... Um, uh, Patreon your podcast as soon as possible as it's my way of saying awesome job. Cheers and take care. Uh, Pat G. And so he actually sent a second email. Sorry for the additional email, but I thought I would send a photo of my first reloads of 45 Colts in 9mm. Uh, extremely satisfying to say the least. Trevor, do you recognize the 9mm bullets? X-Metal targets. They are... It, you're going to actually include that photo as well in in yeah. Notes, right? yeah, we'll yeah. pop all in there. Yeah, he did a great job with that. Now he didn't get the purple ones. He got the they're they look almost burgundy. Anyways, again, oh, thank these you. might be burgundy. I don't know my colors. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, anyways, again, thank you for the help and awesome podcast, Patchy. Thank you for the emails. And again, I so totally apologize for screwing up the email. Trevor wasn't here to rescue me. All right. Uh, I'll take uh, I'll take the next couple here. Okay. <laughs> From Matt S. Thank you. <laughs> One handy trick I've found for partially used hand warmers is to toss them in an ammo can. It will create a vacuum seal. Oh, I thought we read this one already. By eating the uh, oxygen inside once open okay. again, the hand warmers will still be good. Granted, that all depends on the quality of the seal and how much life remains in the hand warmers. But I've pulled some out of the can after a year, and within a few minutes, they're still working. Hmm. Yeah. That's Matt. Do you know who Matt is? Matt. Matt. Yes, yeah, we po we podcast with a Matt. No, this is another Matt. <laughs> but another he, you're one. you're on the right track. He is from uh, Geeks Guns and our sorry Geek Gadgets and Guns. He's he's the Matt of the team. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So that came from one of the geeks. Anyways, there we go. Just saying. Yeah. Next one here I've got is from Sean S. Hi guys and gal. Just listened to your current episode on shooting during the winter, and I wanted to comment. I love shooting in the winter because there's nobody else foolish enough to be at the range, which means I have the whole place to myself. The road to our range is not plowed, so it is normally uh, a walk-in deal. I've had a 4x4 truck in the past, but it got stuck in there too, so now I just walk. I think the worst part about shooting is cold hands, so I wear what I call trigger mitts. I've bought several pairs from PV Mart, and they consist of a wool mitt that has a separate finger for your index finger. So basically the mitt portion covers your other three fingers, while the thumb and index finger have their own separate compartments. They're a little loose when you first get them, so I wash them to shrink them up a little tighter, a uh, little bit for a tighter fit. I also have the surplus military version, which consists of the same wool trigger mitts, but adds in a separate leather full mitt that covers them up when you're not shooting. I mostly shoot my muzzle loader in the winter, so lubrication is not much of an issue. 
I also have a Benelli M4 I shoot in the winter from time to time. A light coating of hops number 9 doesn't seem to slow it down at all. Before our pistol range got shut down, I would shoot my MMP in the winter quite a bit. The hops seemed to work in it as well, but chasing empties across the snow is a pain. I was meant to bring a tarp to stand on, but I ne never ended up trying it. Anyways, uh, that's uh, that's uh, something that I, I would actually recommend for people who out there. If you're shooting on snow or if mm -hmm. you're shooting on grass, that's like a little bit a little bit tall. Uh, throwing a tarp down is uh, is a really good way of kept catching empties. And if you're going to run a, a match or a, a training or something like that ahead of the shooting line, a couple of tarps in your common shooting positions, and it makes like brass pickup at the end of the day way faster. You're not like bent over trying to pick stuff off the uh, uh, off the bay, right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, great topic, you guys. Been a loyal listener for a while now, and the show keeps getting better and better. Keep up the good work and stay warm. Sean from Saskatchewan. Thanks, Sean. Uh, if you'd like to email the show, go ahead and send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Uh, on iTunes, we have no iTunes review, but uh, that just means that we have one uh, who's going to be the first of the year. So looking forward to that one. Uh, go ahead and please leave a five-star rating. We have 144 of those so far. Uh, 111 from Canada. 30 from the U.S., one Australian, one from the U.K., one from Lithuania, and one from Belgium. Uh, make it funny, and or not, and you'll hear it on the show. <laughs> and thanks to, to uh, all of the, those out there who have already uh, reviewed us on iTunes. Mm -hmm. uh, Kelly, do you have any shout-outs? I do. I w just wanted to say to Matthew Brucharp, I just wanted to say congratulations. You're 1,600 <laughs> uh, Facebook like. So that's awesome. We're over 1,600 uh, Facebook likes. Getting up there. I know. We should send him a sticker. Yeah, we should. When we uh, get them. When we get them, yes. When yes. we get them. So Matthew, Bruce, Sharp, we will or contact us and we'll give us your address and we'll send you a sticker when we get them. There we go. Hey. Yeah. Oh, uh, I had, um, I, had not a, I don't know about a shout out, but uh, I was listening to the Three Gun Show and... Uh, Dave just had a guest on, oh, who was it? He was talking about planning out a stage. And uh, one of the things, like, this guy had a ton of really good uh, tips and insights mm -hmm. on how to break down a stage. One thing really stuck with me, um, exploding out of uh, a shooting position. Uh, maybe this isn't, a, like, a revelation for anyone out there, and it's just for me. But <laughs> um, it's one thing he was mentioning. He was saying, okay, well, after you're done shooting your array... There's like it should be an explosion of movement. You should be going to your next uh, uh, position like ASAP. And that's one thing I've noticed is sometimes I move a little bit slow from one position to the next, or I just get into a jog kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I notice other people doing it too. So that kind of stuck with me. And it's it's one thing that I really I'm, I'm really excited to try this year is uh, after I'm done my shooting, like I am on the move and I'm I'm moving at 110 percent kind of a thing. So. Uh, very cool insight that uh, that I got off that uh, Three Gun podcast. Yeah, he has some great guests on there. Yeah, definitely. Yep, he does. Any other shout-outs? Uh, just uh, Trevor and uh, Matthew, hope you're on next week. Uh, I won't be, though. So, anyways. <laughs> Miss you guys. Awesome. Uh, I'll go on to the uh, Patreon supporters. Uh, we've got a couple of new ones. Uh, we've got a Patrick G at 450. Uh, so is that supposed to be like 
4570 or 45? Maybe 45. I think 45. Yeah, we've got a Trevor F uh, at 223. I, you know who that is? <sighs> I might. I might know who that we is. We might podcast with him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we've got a, a, a Rob B at 303, and we've got a and, Daniel S. Okay, so Rob B, you have to do with the Aussie accent. Well, he's he's English, but Rob? he lives in Australia, <laughs> so he upgraded to 303. And we have a, D, a Daniel S, who uh, is also somebody that uh, has been on our show before. So There we go. And, yeah, and Patrick G, he actually fulfilled his promise from his email saying that he would contribute as a Patreon, um, Patreone, and so now he's supporting us as well. So thank Sweet. you, guys. Yeah, yeah, thanks uh, thanks a lot. And I mean, the, <laughs> Rob's is uh, is kind of cool because 303, I mean, that's that's something common between uh, Australia and Canada, right? We've, we've both yep. got the, a, a pile of those rifles, right? Right. And I have uh, to say good day to him because he's going to say good night, Kelly. <laughs> Good day. Uh, those Patreonies join Patrick G, Howard T, uh, Brian B, Dave S, Dave J, uh, Michael yeah. B, Clayton G, Robert K, Colin H, Dave Z, Mr. Uzi, aka Thomas B, Morgan S, Jason P, Dalton H, Jonathan S, Tyler A, Richard D, Rob B, Thomas S, Chad G, Kevin L, Ryan B, Adrian R, Mike R, Mark P, Justin D, Miss Stacy, Spencer C, Byron A, and James B. That's a that's Woo. a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, it and is. And we have and we have two Patrick G's. That's awesome. Are they like right next to each other? Okay, they're not. There's just a little bit of space. We'll sound like we're like repeating ourselves, but I, I promise we're not. No, we're not. <laughs> they're two different people. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Please join one of our uh, national firearms associations, such as the CCFR or the CSSA. It's important to support those who support us and get involved with the community. Uh, check us out on Gun Owners of Canada. It's a forum out there where you can uh, buy and sell guns and comment on uh, on our shows. Like us on Facebook. We're at 1,601 likes. Um, and this year... <laughs> No, we're not looking for any gold stars or anything. <laughs> gold stars. You want gold stars? Maybe just gold stars. You know, no, you know what? Gold stars no. are the addiction drug. That's the that's the marijuana of uh, of getting us into these things. <laughs> <laughs> First, you start on the gold stars, and before you know it, you're stuck in a gutter with a a cartridge in a pine tree. <laughs> yes. Yes, we are, aren't we? All right, we'll start sending us stuff, people. Uh, gold stars, gold stars. Gold stars, yes. Uh, any final words, Kelly? No, I'm done. Many, many words. The words are, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> All yeah. right, good night, everyone. Good night. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.